You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel as written to us by John. It's the shortest gospel of the whole year. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of his hand. For the Father and I are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Maybe it's because it was short that I was reading this throughout the day today. Now, what should I say? And I got no inspiration. And I, uh, so I went to my bookshelf and I picked up a book that's a collection of sermons and homilies. And I looked for this day, the fourth Sunday of Easter, and there was my own name. I couldn't believe it. I had written this homily years ago. <laughs> uh, so, but then I started reading it, and I thought, well, yeah, but I'd say it different now. So I'm going to say it different now, slightly. Let's start with this. It's all about unity. It's the only purpose of religion to make us more and more capable of union. And what we have here stated as the very center of the universe is this classic line of Jesus, I and the Father are one. Now that eventually becomes the doctrine of the Trinity, that we have three who are still one. Now that sounds like a mathematical problem, doesn't it? And so most Christians don't think about it very much because they don't know how to resolve the problem. But it's a really a, a wonderful, wonderful doctrine uh, if you spend some time with it because it solves the problem that we can't solve in our country right now, which is the problem of diversity and unity. How can you have Father, Son, whom we call Jesus, and Holy Spirit, who were three distinct persons, as we said it, and yet say they're really not three, they're one. Well, the only way you can resolve the riddle, if I can call it that, is by the mystery of a flowing love between them. And our job is to become a part of that flow, moving into the world, and using every chance we can to create unity. And then we are indeed created in the image of God. And so history moves out. I mean, God must be very patient and very humble. We're now thinking the planet is 13.6 billion, billion, billion. You can't even imagine it, years old. And God is just waiting for us to learn how to become one. 
like God is one, like Jesus is one with the Father. And I guess it comes down to taking every little opportunity you can to overcome every little gap, every little mistrust, every little fear, every little judgment, or our politics is never going to change. I don't know how much more hateful this country can become. But if we don't start in our own lives, doing it here one day, maybe it's as simple as a smile at someone, maybe uh, going a little extra mile at work. It's always the going the little extra that impresses people and makes them feel loved. And that's the way we create unity. Now, one of our Franciscan uh, mystic saints, you probably don't know a lot about him, he lived shortly after St. Francis, St. Bonaventure, uh, talked about taking a journey to God. And he said, you got to start with little things. you got to start by learning how to love a rock. Now, when was the last time you loved a rock? Really isn't that hard. If you pay attention to anything, you will, on a certain level, fall in love with it. For it was created by God. Now, if you can pass the rock test, you're ready to go on to second grade. Then you learn how to love water. Now, that's a little easier. It flows. It's necessary for life. We all love it. But the way we're polluting it and misusing it, I don't, it doesn't look like we love water very well. We haven't passed that test. Then he says, once you pass grade two, you can go to grade three. And you learn how to love trees and plants and bushes and animals. Now you've got to stop to do that. You've got to pay attention and pay, praise God I have a lovely rose bush in front of my house these days, and it's just filled with roses this year. I did fertilize it. But unless you take time to concretely love it, praise God for it, uh, I don't think you've created any more unity on this earth. Now, once you pass the rose test, you can go, now a lot of you have passed this one, you go to animals. Some of you knew how I loved my dog who died a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, I think we hear every week on the news people who are torturing dogs and starving dogs and misusing cats. So all the world isn't there. They just think animals are here for our misuse and consumption. But if you pass that test, then, maybe then, you're ready to love people. So you see why a lot of people don't know how to love you or be very nice to you, because they haven't passed the test of rocks and water and bushes and animals. So they're not ready for you. And that's much of the human race. They walk right through nature, ignoring it, thinking it's, it's just here to be used and misused. But if you pass the test of loving people, and I especially mean people who are not like you.
It's no big deal to love other Hispanic Catholics from the South Valley. Of course, not even all of them love one another, as you well know. Uh, but how about, let's move the circle just a little bigger. Hmm? How about some black people? How about some good Protestants, many of whom put us to shame? How about some Jews? I know they're not around all the time, but you got to use every chance you can to expand the circle of unity. And every time, it's going to be moving outside of your comfort zone. Because let's be honest, most people only appreciate people who are just like them. Which means you're pretty narcissistic. <laughs> You've never moved beyond the first circle of self. Now Bonaventure says, once you've passed all these tests, then you might see angels. Well, I haven't seen any angels, I've got to admit. But maybe angels come in different forms. And then and only then are you possibly ready to love God. John's letter says, now here I'm back to my little sermon that I gave some years ago. John's letter says, If anyone says he loves God and does not love his brother or sister, he is a liar. You're lying. You're kidding yourself. And if this is true, there's a lot of liars in America who go to church and say they love God and are outright racist. They're homophobic. They're nationalistic. Anybody on the either side of the border, those Canadians or Mexicans, we're not sure of them. There's no hope for the world. There is no hope for the world unless we all learn how to move outside our comfort zone and love people who are different than we are. So start practicing tonight. <laughs> Smile at someone who isn't like you. And maybe you can do more than smile, but at least start there. That's the way we imitate the unity of Jesus, who says, I and the Father are one.